This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary stranger. Hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. We're going to delve into the national health epidemic you probably haven't heard about, and it involves processed foods. Joe Horn, co-author of Time Bomb, A Genocide of Deadly Processed Foods, is here for the full two hours, and he's standing by. Just a quick programming note. Coming up next week on The Conspiracy Show, and for the full two hours, investigative journalist and lawyer Sarah Whalen We'll delve into the assassination of Princess Diana. Of course, that anniversary coming up very quickly. As many as 80% of Americans are carrying a time bomb medical crisis in their bodies right now. Unaware, they will soon develop prolonged illness. Millions of North Americans are already exhibiting symptoms such as fatigue, migraines, Brain fog, starting to sound familiar. Energy spikes, followed by crashes, digestive issues, hormonal imbalances constant need for antibiotics or even premature aging or maybe it's even worse maybe you've been diagnosed with diabetes Crohn's disease lupus fibromyalgia chronic fatigue syndrome arthritis food allergies irritable bowel syndrome or any one of many other debilitating conditions is if this is the case you're going to want to pay attention to what my guest has to say as he reveals an avoidable an entirely avoidable health epidemic more pervasive than anyone could have imagined. Joe Horn is a professional fitness and nutrition specialist. He's the COO of Skywatch TV and a best-selling author of the groundbreaking book, Dead Pets Don't Lie, which we'll also delve into uh, perhaps in uh, hour two. Joe Horn, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Hi, Richard. It's so good to be here. Thank you. Good to have you. So this began, this book began with your own personal health crisis. Tell me about that. So that whole list of symptoms and issues and autoimmune diseases and potentially cancer, all of those things that you just mentioned 
are a, are a byproduct of what I discovered the very, very hard route. My journey through almost 20 years of various autoimmune disease, inflammatory conditions, digestive issues, you know, GERD, acid reflux, the inability to digest and break down food, chronic fatigue, adult acne. I'd get these boils on the back of my head. This goes on and on. It starts in my, my uh, uh, early teens. This would follow me into my late 30s. And we can really unpack that story if you want, but the, but the punchline is, and then we can work backwards from there if you like, is that what I discovered was actually in my body creating the offshoot for all of this chronic illness is the same thing that 80% of Americans now, according to the world's leading holistic doctors and scientists, it's the same thing that they're carrying now. Many of them, Richard, totally unaware of this reality. They might be seeing the subtle symptoms that you outlined at the opening of the program. Maybe they are beginning to experience what they th they've been told is uh, premature aging or the constant need for antibiotics or fatigue. Those are some of the more generous, easy to deal with symptoms and side effects. What I discovered through my long journey, what was actually in my body, and the reason we wrote the Time Bomb book is a warning to others. Uh, and, and we can get to that. What I, what I discovered was a condition called leaky gut syndrome. And most Americans are not aware of how 80% of the immune system sits in their gut and why when that's compromised, it allows for all of these other chronic illnesses. And, and again, Richard, like we discussed in our previous program uh, about a month ago, a lot of folks don't realize that this is also something that their traditional Western medicine practitioners are more than likely uh, not super familiar with. So in other words, if you listen to this broadcast and you hear this Joe Horn gentleman speaking and then you go to your primary care physician and you say, what is leaky gut syndrome? There's a very strong possibility that they're going to tell you that, uh, that they're not familiar with it or you know, stay away from Richard's radio broadcast. Uh, but I'm here to tell you with a lot of validation, a lot of credibility, and holistic uh, healthcare professionals that contributed to the Time Bomb book. And here is, here is the evidence. It speaks for itself. The millions of Americans that are now listening to projects like Time Bomb and works that are, that are similar to this project uh, with the work of natural doctors, holistic doctors, uh, and, and the simple discovery of what leaky gut syndrome is and how to reverse it. They're experiencing the remission now of diseases like lupus, Crohn's disease, uh, various autoimmune diseases, fibromyalgia, various pain syndromes, food allergies, irritable bowel syndrome. The list goes on and on and on. Right. So you tell me where you want to dive in. But that is, that is essentially the overview, uh, my, my health collapse, 20 years of autoimmune disease, what I discovered through natural medicine was actually the underlying root. And the reason we wrote Time Bomb was to help set other people struggling free. So it's, it's a time bomb, but it sounds like it's a time bomb with a very long fuse. It can be for some. Some people will, will vaguely recognize symptoms and then a massive bombshell goes off in their life. Others, will maybe their path looks a lot more like mine where it starts subtle and by the time, you know, two decades uh, have passed, their life becomes uh, almost indescribable or, or insurmountable you, or you they're dealing me. with depression or... Yeah, go ahead. Right. No, you told me that you would ha you would feel an attack coming on, and the the pain was unimaginable, like eleven out of ten. 
There were times, yes. So over the 20 years, I started out, I was about 16, and I first started uh, experiencing some digestive issues. And I won't go into the details, but a couple of the, uh, the episodes in the restroom were quite alarming. I would pass blood, and then I would rush to my parents, what is going on? I'd go to my primary care physician. He would say, this isn't terribly unusual, not super common at 16, but it's probably hemorrhoids, something to that effect. No colonoscopy was prescribed, and we just took the word of the doctor, we're all going to be fine. And it turns out uh, that there would never be an official diagnosis for that. But my digestive issues would carry on, and I would learn later in life these were probably tiny polyps, you know, like blisters that were getting aggravated with food. I wasn't drinking enough water. Uh, in fact, ironically, when I went to see that doctor, <laughs> I went in and he said, how much, to his credit, the one question that he did ask me is like, how much water are you drinking? And I said, well, I'm not drinking, what do you mean, water? <laughs> and, and it really took me for a minute. I said, because in my mind, I'm drinking, I'm 16. What your listeners may be interested to learn, I'd, I had, uh, I'd actually started homeschooling through a Christian uh, Chi Alpha homeschool program and then running a uh, food delivery truck filled with processed foods at the time, at the time I'm 16 years old. So I was the only one, like, uh, amongst my friends who were, you know, still in high school at the time who had his own car, he had his own job, had his own money, and was getting a lot of exposure to blue-collar America, working-class folks, this kind of thing. Right. But uh, he says, how much water are you drinking? And I drive a, a processed food truck all day. I'm, I'm eating, you know, microwave burritos and bags of chips and Great. candy bars. Good stuff. And garbage, right? <laughs> and I'm drinking pop. I said, well, there's water in pop, right? He says, you need water, Joe, just water. You, you need just water, too. Okay, okay. So I remember drinking a lot more water there for a while. And for a while, that actually symptomatically did help relieve things. But eventually, I started down the path of these terrible excitotoxin riddled. And we can get into that too. But a lot of the fibers out there that are on the market, the orange flavored stuff that people take every day for relief when they're struggling to uh, stay regular, is actually contributing to the reason they can't break down food. And it's also creating uh, other issues linked to Alzheimer's, uh, dementia, and a bunch right. of other stuff. And I know that sounds insane until you look at the artificial sweeteners that are in there and you understand excitotoxins, which we've not gotten to. So I start developing these uh, digestive issues. By the time I'm in my late 20s, Richard, uh, and I'm just skipping over a decade because this goes on and on and on. I now live on various artificial fibers. I now add to the collection prostodynia, chronic prostatitis. And this is the pain I was referencing earlier. Uh, inflammation of the prostate. Uh, they would find this through urethral scopes. At this time, I had now had my first colonoscopy to try to rule out um, colon cancer because I was having some other issues with digestion and occasionally, again, passing uh, blood. And so, and I'm in my 20s. It's not super likely, but they go ahead and take a look. And uh, I, I, this goes on and on and on. The, the prostodynia alone, at times, uh, for no re in my mind, for no reason at all, Richard, um, I, I can't I can't feel comfortable describing what type of pain specifically that creates other than to say that it is uh, the most sensitive parts that a man can possess. Right. It, it was just, in my mind, random. But the inflammation in my prostate would be so heavy that in particular, uh, it, the, 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 the pain was inescapable. And I was always really resistant to, to going down the path of taking, you know, mood-altering drugs and opioids. I was always really concerned about going down the path. I had friends that had done this for other chronic pain, and I had seen some of the side effects develop. 
So you add to this, eventually I get diagnosed with another disease called diverticulosis. And for those listeners out there that aren't familiar with what is diverticulosis, these are weak spots in the large intestine. These are little protrusions. Uh, think of like a balloon that's been inflated and deflated a thousand times. Eventually, that tissue gets very weak. And so these little protrusions are like grape-sized, give places for bacteria to linger and then become infected with what is known as diverticulitis. So the condition is diverticulosis. The infection that you get is diverticulitis. And that is treated with antibiotics. The antibiotics, of course, tear down. Again, I don't know any of this at the time. But just as a side comment so your listeners understand, every time you do a round of antibiotics for something like diverticulosis, you kill both the healthy bacteria in your gut flora that you need for your immune system as well as the negative bacteria that they're trying to target with the antibiotics. So it becomes a vicious so, cycle because now you're not, a, you're not breaking the right. food down properly and it's probably right. feeding into the – into the, the whole issue here. And I was told when I had my third colonoscopy now in my early 30s um, that when you've had three bouts, this is what they told me, they said when you've had three bouts of diverticulitis, for most people it means that the portion of your intestine that is creating the infection needs to be removed. And they encourage you to do this proactively because they tell you if you mess around with this, and I quote, these weak nodules, these weak protrusions can break at random because of the inflammation. This is the weak spot in your large intestine. Fecal matter will drain out into your body. You'll become septic and you may die before you can get into emergency surgery. So I walked around. That's, that's one of the nuanced reasons for the title in the book, Time Bomb, even though that book is not a biography about me. There's a portion of it dedicated right out of the gate to, to, to kind of setting the table so that people do know that I did experience many, many autoimmune uh, immune disease, various uh, digestive issues, acid reflux, GERD, the list I went over earlier before. Um, but again, nobody ever mentioned to me diet. They never mentioned lifestyle. None of the none of the traditional medicine practitioners that I had. I had every kind of uh, urologist. I had every kind of urethral scope. Three colonoscopies by the time I'm in my early 30s. CT scans. They would put iodine in my body to try to track to see whether my kidneys were performing the way they wanted to see them perform. You were dying. This, you were dying. I, I it, it's it's absolutely right. I literally was dying. There were also things, Richard, that I did not know were happening to my body. So chronic fatigue. Well, this is just part of aging. I'm told this is hereditary. This is genetic. And I would ask questions. What is happening in my body? Why why the scans? Why nothing is ever revealed? What is this disease called? It can't just this can't just be diverticulosis, right? And people would say these are things that are hereditary, they're genetic, there is no cure. People have, In fact, I was told to basically manage my expectations. And, and one doctor even asked me, very sweet woman, she really meant well, but this, was, this is where she was coming from. She said, Joe, can you learn to live like this? Because I think worrying about it is, is, is uh, doing a lot of damage to your health as well. And she Hold was on, right Joe. I've got to take a quick time out here. We'll uh, come back and uh, we'll find out how Joe sort of righted the ship, how he got his uh, health back. Time Bomb, a sure. genocide of deadly processed foods. Joe Horn, the co-author, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Don't be afraid of the dark. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. 
from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. When in doubt, blame the government. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. We are back with Joe Horn, the co-author of Time Bomb, a genocide of deadly processed foods, a national health epidemic more pervasive than anyone imagined we should mention, the, uh, the co-author, uh, Ali Anderson. Uh, and um, so you... you outlined the, uh, the, uh, the litany of, of health woes and the dire condition that you were in. This went on basically undiagnosed uh, or properly, uh, it was properly, it was not properly diagnosed. So how did you, how did you get, get yourself um, back on, the, on the, uh, the right track again? Well, I didn't without a tremendous price. 2017 in January, I ended up on an operating table. In an operation where inevitably in my mind, half of my colon was being removed because of the, the, the disease diverticulosis in a surgery where I could have died. It could have gone either way. Now, I'm still here, but here was the catch. In order for me to agree to that surgery, I had to believe, Richard, and I see this. This is another reason I wrote the, the Time Bomb book with, with Allie Anderson, who's, by the way, a certified private investigator. Her role in the book was fact-checking and making sure that every part of it was completely real. Uh, just quick side note. But anyway, so I did not reverse this thing because I was clever enough to find the answer. I had to almost die first and get desperate enough to stop thinking the same way I'd been thinking. Now, my wife had been telling me, all up leading to the surgery, Joe, you've got to consider natural medicine. You've got to look at holistic medicine. Hey, she says, there's a guy online. I, I've discovered a Dr. Josh Axe. He does webinars about gut. Maybe you could get some health. Maybe you could, maybe you could get some help, some tips about your gut. Maybe the, and I'm not listening to her because I'm telling her, look, honey, if you're healthy, this was my thinking, if you're healthy and you can keep that going, maybe the natural option is something that would work for you. But once you're this far gone, once you've got the chronic illness like I've had, you got to realize, Richard, 20, almost 20 years, 17 and a half years of this goes on. The autoimmune is and all cascading and becoming much and much, much more frequent, much worse. Uh, I just, my belief meter that, that, that drinking, in my mind, drinking green tea was going to do anything for me just wasn't palatable. I couldn't wrap my hands around it or, or hold it or see any real evidence of it. I was totally ignorant to what people do in uh, 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 you know, homeopathic, naturopathic style. I'm totally ignorant to the whole thing. My, my mind is, uh, and, and that, again, this part of the Time Bomb book, so many Americans believe this way, that, that natural medicine is for those that have already got their, their bodies going, they're healthy, and they're just kind of maintenancing through diet and things like that. But that if something serious develops, Right. You need a dramatic uh, intervention. Cut, cut. Cut, 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 cut. And, and by the way, I should say there are times where 
you know, and we don't need to get into all of this because it would take up half the program. But just just so that your listeners know, there are times where I do save for Western medicine intervention. I think if a person's in a car accident and suddenly they need trauma services, the wonderful men and women that rush to those scenes to help these people survive are are heroes, and they do this every day. The surgeons that are there to put people back together—it's incredible. Hundred percent. If if yeah. you do have something that needs attention right now. Uh, let's say your gallbladder has ruptured and now it's bleeding. You need that dealt with right now, and no amount of herbal tea is going to change that once it's at that point. So there are there are times and places. I I, I don't want people to to take away from this that I am uh, totally down on Western medicine. No, it's a it's a miracle. Uh, you know, it is absolutely a miracle, um, but it's not always the answer. Surgery, I mean, surgery is not right. always the answer. But in my mind, because of the time bomb and because I've been told, you know, someday this thing is festering. If it blows, you'll die or maybe you'll die. It'll be a gambler's chance. This this lives in the back of my head. And I know that so many people listening to this program right now are are out there struggling maybe with something similar. They know exactly what it is to live with that constant little voice of kind of nerve-wracking anxiety reminding them of their condition. Maybe they'll worry that it'll advance. Maybe they feel like every day if they don't get it rescanned or something that maybe potentially it's going to, uh, to become worse or something that is an autoimmune disease will suddenly turn itself into something more nefarious. I, I, I do know what it's like to live like that with, the, with that constant feeling of the ax above your head. But here's the deal. In order for me to agree to have a surgery like having half of my colon removed, I've got to believe that my life is going to get a lot better after that. This is the answer. We are at the dance. They're going to cut this, quote, diseased portion of my gut out. And on the other side of this whole thing, once I recoup, I'm going to be able to play with my kids again. I'm going to have the energy to thrive. I'll paint a picture in my late 30s. I take my kids to the park. I've got four beautiful children. I go from the car about 20 yards to a park bench where I then sit down on the bench because it took everything in my gas tank to stand up and hobble over to the bench where then I sit and I watch them play because I can't get up and do anything without having to brace my guts and hobble around with dizziness like I'm going to faint. It's like you were 90 years old. It's yeah, and and I I had my thyroid looked at the 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 blood panels wouldn't reveal anything but maybe a fatty liver tissue, uh, which was extremely fatty by the way, 180 was what the enzyme would show on my fatty liver. And so a traditional Western doctor wants to see it anything less than 150. So they're telling me you're also uh, acquiring a fatty liver tissue. But again, no, no diet was ever mentioned. These are just, as I'm sitting here recalling this, just snapshots of almost 20 years of all kinds of tests and blood panels and all of this. So here's the catch. Let me, let me get to this. I have the surgery. My symptoms, get this, get much, much worse. Oh, dear Lord. You this had half your I colon, know. you had heart, half of your large intestine removed. And the, yes, the recovery, by the way, was, uh, was much more difficult. I, it could be that I'm just a big baby, but I, it was way more difficult than I, I suspected it was going to be. You know, it was, I remember, um, God bless him. I think he's a good guy. If he's listening to the program, I, I, I hope and pray that he would never take any personal offense to this. But I remember sitting in the uh, surgeon's uh, office, and he's showing me pictures of models with colostomy bags and MMA fighters with colostomy bags. And he's telling me, you can do anything, you know, even if you ended up – by the way, I don't – thank God I don't live with a colostomy bag. But I, it was presented as this is one possibility if the oh, surgery doesn't take or if they have to take out more than they think they're going to. You know, you could wake up with a bag like this. 
that that's a, that's the other thing. I mean, th- so you imagine to agree to that surgery, I've got to believe sure. this is going to improve my life, right? And it didn't. Um, and that must have just been. I mean, no. You, that must have been devastating. Absolutely. It was devastating. devastating. And it took about four months after the surgery to realize that this is not just healing, that there is something. In fact, I started to think maybe even though it wasn't likely, because uh, at the time I didn't know anything about how colon cancer manifested. I didn't know how it felt or what it did or I, nothing. I'm just thinking, my God, there's got to be something in there. Maybe they've missed it. And even though it didn't seem likely, I, have, I had them order another colonoscopy. And they, they, they went in and didn't find anything. And so I'm back to, we don't know why you have this inflammation. We don't know why you have this pain. So I'm on the phone with my friend Mark Taylor, who is really well known on the internet and television. In fact, they've got a movie coming out, I believe this September, called The Trump Prophecies. And we don't need to get into the politics of any of that tonight. But the point is, he's the subject of a film. He's known really well on the line, uh, uh, excuse me, on the internet as Mark Taylor, the fireman prophet. Oh, I think we had Mark on, didn't we, Ian? Yes, we did. We had him on. We talked about that. That caused a bit of a firestorm. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Despite what you you know, what folks out there believe about his worldview, I will tell you behind the scenes, you could not know a more generous and sincere person. Despite you know what issues you might take with his theology or whatever, I love Mark. He's a great friend. If I call him at one in the morning, he's got my back. He's my friend. But Mark is telling me, Joe, you're talking to the wrong people. Because I'm, I'm laying this whole thing out. This is after my colon surgery. Man, I don't know what's going on. I'm falling apart. My inflammation's never been worse. I, I, no chance. No chance at any kind of regularity. I'm eating yogurt. Yogurt, Richard. As an almost 40-year-old man, all I could stomach was like yogurt and occasionally maybe a little box of wheat crackers. I'm not... I'm not right. Something's and pain and inflammation is much worse now. So I'm talking to Mark and I said, man, I don't know. They, they have literally told me the only other option for me is like psych meds and maybe opioids, something for my head and something to make me forget about the pain. And I just, I just resisted and kept on, kept on. on. And I, uh, uh, talking to Mark, he says, you're talking to the wrong people. Then he shares with me privately that he had had a very similar path. Now this is where, this is where the listeners out there. And I hope that this is where they begin to soak up the hope that is in the Time Bomb Project. He says, Joe, and he starts to share his own path through a whole bunch of stuff I'm not at liberty to share. Lots and lots of similar symptoms, but also some other ones I didn't experience. And he starts to tell me how his life was doing the exact same thing for urologists in a row. They couldn't figure out why he was having intimate pains and all of these things. He says, Joe, I went to a naturopathic doctor, and for the first time in my life, I got relief, and he really put me on course to a natural healing, and I became a believer. My skepticism was tabled, and, and, and I, I don't go back now to traditional medicine. I said, are you kidding me, man? And so he reveals things like adrenal fatigue. If people know Mark's story, he was in, in bed for almost uh, four years off and on. There were times where he would go a whole week without being able to eat food. His adrenals, he was at stage four adrenal fatigue, which again is not something that a lot of regular uh, Americans out there are even familiar with. The phrase, what is adrenal fatigue? Well, there's, there's four phases of this. The fourth one means bedridden. You start living with hypertension. You start walking that very close line to having a stroke and not knowing about it at stage four. All of these things that we've talked about, you know, the chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia and all of these hormonal imbalances, Crohn's Crohn's disease, I I I I don't think we had these 50 years ago or 60 years ago. 
they vaguely existed, but it was but but that there's a reason, Richard, why the front of my time bomb book, if people want to Google this, they'll see the cover right away. It says a war on human genetics, mm. a genocide of deadly processed food, a national health epidemic more pervasive than anyone imagined. Don't be its next victim. I don't use those big words to be sensational. I found out after my surgery. When I listened to the advice of my friend Mark Taylor and then eventually went back, by the way, you got to know my wife enjoyed that. I went back to her and I said, hey, guess what? Mark tells me I got to look at natural medicine and she's just about come unglued. She's like, hello, I've been telling you this for two years. That's right. You wouldn't be a semicolon had you listened to her. You know, if I had listened to her, I don't know that I would have known where to start. And see, that's the other thing that I hope to do with broadcasts like this, Richard. I'm so thankful you give me the time to share this and and with projects like Time Bomb because I share how I got started, and it got started kind of rough. I go to Google. I don't know where to begin. I'm just typing in words like holistic doctor. I find a woman. She's licensed on all of this, but my first experience wasn't very good. Uh, in fact, all she did was raise uh, fear. I would I would go in on my first visit. She would say, "Give me your history. Tell me everything." So I start at the beginning. And by the end of this, she's just she's just got her hands on her forehead. She's going, "Oh my gosh, Joe!" And you got to realize, Richard. I go in. I'm already anxious. I'm already sad that I've done all of these things. Great I bedside feel like manner. Done. Great bedside manner. <laughs> she says, "I can't believe you let them do a CT scan to you. Don't you know that that iodine creates cancer? And I can't believe you let them do an MRI to you. Don't you know that the magnets create cancer? And I can't believe it. It's just on and on. Oh, they cut you out. Well, the titanium could have had X Y Z on it, which creates cancer. And I can't believe all of this. I'm like, okay. So I leave and I go back to Mark. I had three visits with this woman." And he says, dude, she's terrible psychological first aid. And I said, explain. He says, well, as a retired uh, uh, firefighter, they train you. You don't show up at a scene with an accident, a stab victim or a a gunshot victim and say, wow, that looks really bad. I'm not sure you're going to make it. (laughs) Exactly. You know, you you can't tell them that it's going to be fine because you don't know. But you have to say things that are helpful like, hey, help is here. We're going to do everything we can. Are you comfortable? Hey, help is coming. You're trying to help, right? So anyway, along comes this holistic doctor. Uh, excuse me, he's not a holistic doctor. He's actually a, a doctor of chiropractic medicine, but he's also an expert in herbalism. And he, and he has a, a ton of degrees in things like uh, being able to fuel the body. I can't recite exactly every credential that he has because there are several. But the point is, uh, apart from acupuncture and a whole bunch of other stuff, he's, he's an expert in fueling your body's ability to heal itself naturally. We're going to delve further into that in just a moment, Joe. We'll take a time out. Time bomb, a genocide of deadly processed foods. Joe Horn lived it and he came out the other side. And he'll explain more when The Conspiracy Show returns. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. When you look at the sky, ever wonder if someone's looking back? This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. We are back with Joe Horn. 
talking about this national health epidemic more pervasive than anyone imagined. How the USDA and FDA have failed to clearly label deadly ingredients in most of America's processed foods. We'll learn how to easily read and interpret food product labels so you can avoid toxic ingredients. Uh, he'll provide some powerful insights from health professionals for maintaining superior physiology. We'll talk about the frightening truth behind GMOs never meant to be consumed by humans. And uh, again, the book is Time Bomb, A Genocide of Deadly Processed Foods. So, Joe, uh, so you finally f- you got matched up with the right a holistic doctor, and yes. he put you on the right path. So what did he tell you, and, and what kind of a, a, a diet were you, were you put on? Well, first of all, let me just explain. Josh Vance, Dr. Joshua Vance in Republic, Missouri, he was the first appointment that I'd had that ever seemed like someone actually familiar. He was not phased. That was the other thing that mystified me. I went in and not phased at all by my symptoms, what I was experiencing. In fact, half the time, Richard, I'm I'm explaining a symptom. He would finish the sentence for me. <laughs> he was he was so through and through familiar with my path, and apparently this is something they see all the time, all the time. And he says, Joe, I want to run some panels on you. Uh, and he described a K panel. This is way beyond a standard blood test that you'd get at a you know like a primary care physician's type office. Um, it wasn't terribly inexpensive either, but it, it it tested for about 39 different things. It it, it looked at my thyroid. It looked at my uh, adrenals. It I took home a spittle test. He wanted to know where was my cortisone at 9 a.m. versus 6 p.m. because he wanted to make sure I was getting a proper REM sleep for healing purposes because it was evident to him that part of my adrenal burnout was the fact that I was sleeping but not deeply. He, he was able to tell – like nobody had ever talked to me about any of this stuff before. And, and he says, uh, I come back and, and, and we're now, I've done the blood test, we're reviewing the results, and he says, yep, this, this confirms my inkling, Joe. You have what's called leaky gut syndrome. And he explained this. And l- let me explain very quickly to your listeners what it is and why it happens and why it's behind so much autoimmune disease. Because this is now going to speak to the 80% of American because of the food that we eat in this country. Whether you feel it yet or not, in the gut or elsewhere, migraines. Fatigue, again, this does not have to feel like it starts in the gut. Hormonal imbalances, mood swings, depression, anxiety, worry, rage, anger. I'm going to tie all this together. Leaky gut syndrome. This is just a very quick uh, uh, snapshot of this. And then if people want to learn the long version, I suggest that they either go online or get a copy of Time Bomb because there there are some uh, longer scientific components to this. But just uh, for the purposes of this radio broadcast, because of the foods we eat in this country, Richard, because they're covered in things like pesticides, herbicides, uh, big farming, they've over-farmed the land, foods are nutritionally void, so you're not getting enough nutrition. There's a there's a whole number of facts. It's it's the intestines trying to expand the tissue to create more absorbable space in search for nutrients that it never receives. Talking about the oddball vitamins that you need, like K and E and B. Yeah, they're not in the soil. Uh, they're no longer in the soil. We, I mean, we are a, we're a, a, a North America, a continent uh, with an uh, epidemic of obesity, but we're starving to death. That's right. Our food. So when your body, even if you ha- even if you're overweight, your body can still be completely in a starvation mode. Even if you're 
binge eating garbage because it's searching for nutrients that it's not getting. This is where a lot of cravings come from. Your body's constantly telling your brain it's time to input more because it's constantly on the search. One of the one of the most anomalistic things people will ever experience if they ever challenge themselves to get off of the kinds of foods that they're addicted to and just eat clean foods, first of all, they'll start to taste how wonderful they are. Like right now, if you just sit down cold turkey after your lifestyle of pizza and pop and stuff like this, pretzels and candy, and you try to eat uh, a super clean, you know, salmon with nothing on it, rice with nothing on it, uh, vegetables with nothing on it, you're, you're like, my palate is dead. I can't taste any of this stuff. And you want to start dousing soy and salt and pay, you because know, you're trying to taste something. Well, anyway, you'll start to appreciate the flavors that are actually in foods especially if you're eating clean versions that have nutrition in the first place. But anyway, getting back to leaky gut syndrome, because your body uh, is in search for nutrients that it can't receive, that's one reason that, that the intestines will inflame. But they'll also inflame because they're often attacking themselves, and here's how. Because of the pesticides, the herbicides, the artificial dyes, the food coloring, the, 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 uh, the preservatives, ingredients like TBHQ, tertiary butyl hydroquinone, that's just one example of a, car, uh, of a, of a cancer-causing preservative that's linked to kidney disorders, uh, liver disorders, about seven different brands of cancer. And it's in almost every kind of noodle pack, ramen, uh, soup can, almost anything in a can that's using a, a, a fat to try to preserve the contents or these little meals that you can leave out in, in room temperature that sit without being peeled open for six months. How, how, do, how does that happen? Exactly. Well, right? This is a, a short segment, so uh, we got to duck away quickly. Joe will come back and uh, dive further. Time Bomb, a genocide of deadly processed foods. Joe Horn, co-author, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Corporations. Governments, and sometimes entire civilizations. What goes up must come down, and it lands on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Keeping an eye on the new world order. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. We're back with Joe Horn, and he is with us for the full show, the, uh, both hours. And uh, so uh, give us the name of uh, these preservatives and uh, these, um, what do you call them, excitotoxins that, that, uh, that give uh, this food, this, this um, you know, it's supposed to uh, give it some flavor? What yes. Yes, before we went to the break, I was talking about tertiary butyl hydroquinone as one example of just one preservatives of the dozens and dozens and dozens, by the way, that the FDA regards as safe. And they are known to cause cancer and create all kinds of autoimmune disease, liver dysfunction, kidney dysfunction, uh, cyst development, tumor development. They, they know all of this stuff. But 
I rest my case. We, 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 it's, we're in an age of personal responsibility where we cannot rely on the government, big brother institutions. There are no benevolent seekers out there that are watching out for you. This has got to be done on your own, which is, by the way, why Time Bomb is detailed in its orientation towards label reading and how to see beyond the smoke screen. Um, excitotoxins, let's get to those in just a second, if you don't mind, Richard. Yeah. Let me finish leaky gut syndrome. I'll do this very quickly. Because of all the garbage that's in our food, our bodies were never meant to break these things down, the pesticides, the herbicides, the, the uh, preservatives, et cetera, et cetera, the artificial dyes, never meant things like glyphosate on wheat and all of our crops. This is a, this is a weed killer that large corporations are putting on all of our crops. Our bodies were never meant to be in contact with this stuff, let alone ingesting it every day of every week. And that's most Americans. That's why now the world's leading holistic doctors and scientists believe that 80% of Americans uh, have compromised their gut. And, and, and many of them don't know this yet, that that's why they're carrying their medical crisis time bomb around. They just haven't discovered it yet. When your body cannot digest food particles and because it's trying to absorb nutrients that it can't receive, the lining of the intestines expands. Think of a chain link fence now with lots and lots and lots of little pass-throughs. Think of a fence, right? Right. With all those little openings. Undigested food particles slip through the actual tissue in the intestines and it, and it slides. So undigested food slides through the intestines into the bloodstream where the body then tries to pick them up and filter them out using your filters like kidneys and the liver. These are foreign they are they are they are not food particles these are things that your body was never meant to try to try to absorb or digest and so because of the inflammation undigested food particles and chemicals slide through the lining of the gut into the bloodstream where then the immune system tries to start cleaning them up and filtering them out this is the first step in your immune system becoming constantly hyperactive and then eventually overreactive in 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 uh, in the way that it begins to attack itself this manifests in things like arthritis uh, 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 people that suffer Crohn's. Um, in fact, I've got a friend right now who's reversing his Crohn's because of the step in t- uh, steps in time bomb. Now, here, uh, let me ask you this. This yes, is a controversial one, but you know, when, when I first started hearing about leaky gut syndrome was from Dr. Andrew Wakefield and uh, the uh, Lancet Journal article that you know was the shot heard around the world about the connection, possible connection. That's all he said. He didn't say this causes this. He said we need to look into right. the connection between uh, MMRs that cluster of vaccines that you can't get individually, uh, you got to get the MMR and the, the possible connection between that leaky gut syndrome and autism. There, there are there are so many cabinets and so many bodies of people now trying to keep up with what leaky gut sim, uh, syndrome is, how it starts, where the realities from the fiction lies, and what to do about it. But what I've discovered, Richard, the people that are really on the forefront of the understanding of how to deal with this quickly and efficiently through elimination diet and lifestyle are the holistic naturopathic homeopathic style doctors. And it's in part because they've not ever joined with the rest of us in our big processed gorging society. These people are using uh, uh, techniques that have been around since, you know, a thousand years in some cases before we walked the earth, Richard. These are simple truths. Of course, they've become way more advanced. So rather than like uh, having to learn to build your own home garden and grow your own herbs, there are now companies like Standard Process that do it for you. So you can buy medical grade herbs that fuel healing very quickly in the body naturally without compromising your gut flora. So 80% of the immune system sits in the gut. So when yours is destroyed and 
and maybe you don't even feel it there. Maybe for you, it's migraines. I had a friend. I got a friend. Uh, I, will, I will leave him anonymous. Um, but Toby, you know who you are if you're listening to this broadcast. He was a chronic migraine sufferer. He had MRIs done. He was on various pain medicines, uh, uh, trying to manage the symptoms. Um, through a holistic doctor connection, before I met him, he, he, he had, he had uh, revealed this to me later when he, when he saw the book Time Bomb. He said, Joe, I've got a testimony. I've got to share this with you. Uh, he put his chronic migraines into remission through gut care because the undigested food particles uh, weren't there present to stress his immune system out, and his body was able to filter out what it was storing up next to his head that was creating the migraines. It was also able to correct his hormones through gut care. So th these, these people that, like I'm telling you the truth, when I went to see do uh, Dr. Joshua Vance, it was such a hopeful visit. I, I went in feeling like I was the white unicorn that... The, the, the white buffalo, the, the rarest of all of men, the, the, the anomalistic person with uh, the insufferable slew of things that they'd never discover. And he just grinned and loved on me and was so positive and, and told me, Joe, you don't have to live like this. So here's the deal. Whether your listeners are out there tonight and they're thinking, man, I just have never heard of this leaky gut thing. My mom's a doctor. She's never heard of it. The, the, the point is, this is what I tell folks. Whether you decide for yourself later that leaky gut is or, not, or is not a thing, whatever it is that has to do with digestive issues and autoimmune disease, when you love your gut and you take the steps to reverse what it is, that Western medicine, by the way, can't provide a better explanation for, and you start to see for yourself that, that things that you've been told or conditioned to believe are genetic or hereditary or irreversible are, in fact, reversible. Things like fibromyalgia, lupus, things that people suffer from constantly that experience at least an avalanche of improvement to the quality of their life, if not full remission right away within the first year. I think the results speak for itself. So whatever it is, put whatever label you want on it. The point is when you love your gut, when you heal your gut, and when you eat clean foods and you get off the processed stuff, it is in unreal what the what the body can uh, begin to reverse and heal itself from. And so, that is the prevailing hope behind things like Time Bomb. But Richard, part of it is also understanding. You had mentioned excitotoxins. There's a lot of stuff that people do to themselves every day to continue injuring themselves, even when they think that they're doing the right thing by eating the right foods. And I'll give you an example. If you go to a restaurant and you think, hey, I'm going to do the healthy thing. I'm going to eat a chicken Caesar salad. Right. By the time you eat leafy greens that are covered in pesticides and herbicides and a chicken that's pumped full of growth hormones like Prozac, which is an arsenic, that also, by the way, survives the cooking process and ends up in your body, and now your hormonal systems are trying to cope with it. This is one of the reasons we see so many young girls now developing breasts way earlier than our parents' generation did, because right. their hormones are already being tinkered uh, next to right out of the womb. Um, what's happening is uh, you're, you're getting all of these exposures to pesticides, growth hormones, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, a, a chicken. How do you get a chicken to full maturity in 30 days rather than the normal natural three to four month cycle. How do you think that's done? <laughs> you have hormones, to artificially exactly. pump it full of growth hormones right. that survive the cooking process. So there's hormones, there's pesticides, them. there's preservatives, there's excitotoxins. Yes. What's left to eat, a lot of people are saying, and how do, can I ever go out and eat at a restaurant again? 
So yeah, the artificial sweeteners, and this is way, way, way beyond just the diet sodas, although that is one of the most consumed and guilty sources of an excitotoxin. But Richard, let me explain what they are. They're non-essential amino acids that stimulate the taste receptors or your taste buds, quote unquote, into believing that it's having a more rewarding experience than it is. This is how a lot of companies create that signature taste that you become kind of bingeable towards, the kind that, you know, you sit down to watch The Walking Dead and you get that hankering for that <laughs> potato chip that you love or that mm -hmm. specific beverage that you love. Um, and it's in almost everything. It's in almost every salad dressing. It's in almost every food spice. You can't even buy you can't even buy like hand rub seasonal spices for your steak barbecue at home without them uh, often the company's trying to sneak in uh, ingredients like quote spice which is MSG which is an excitotoxin uh, excitotoxin but here's the here's the danger behind these artificial sweeteners the pink stuff that you put in your tea at the restaurant the stuff they're slipping into your food the food the stuff that they're slipping into your meats they're putting the stuff in meat patties now it's in it's in crackers it's in almost everything now as a way to enhance the flavor because we've come so taste bud numb in this generation we need something we can taste we're all looking for something we can taste at this point but the excitotoxins what they do richard is they cross over the blood brain barrier and they stimulate the pleasure centers of the brain into believing that you're having a more rewarding experience th than you are. That satisfied feeling that you, that you get temporarily when you've eaten this stuff that makes you feel like you've, you know, that really hit the spot. That was really satisfying. The blood-brain barrier was put there for a reason. I'll give you an example. If you took a bunch of narcotics and passed out, your body, even if you're totally unconscious, would still keep the, the uh, we would call them automatic processes functioning. So your heart keeps beating, your lungs keep rising, you're breathing, the, the, the heart and the body work together with the lungs to distribute oxygen to the extremities. This is all done so that you don't die. Well, that, that is your brain sitting on the other side of the blood-brain barrier that keeps it coherent enough to function you out of something that your frontal lobe is, 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 is totally divided. You're spinning the rooms all over the place. Maybe you're out of your head. But the blood-brain barrier keeps the part of your brain that keeps you alive functioning. Does that make sense? It does, absolutely. It's the adult in the room. That's right. That's right. So when you have these excitotoxins, and you know, you're talking about children's fruit snacks, pops, you're talking about uh, like all the stuff with, you know, the, the, that I mentioned before, food dyes and all this stuff. When the excitotoxins cross over the blood-brain barrier and stimulate, this is the part the listeners really need to grab a hold of, stimulate the pleasure centers of the brain telling you that you're having a more rewarding experience than you are. They literally fire six to eight hours after the time you've consumed them, and they stimulate the electrical centers of the brain that are, that are sending out those signals. They stimulate them unto death, which is why they give them the name uh, excitotoxins. And I have a quote. If you, you know, I don't know when you're going to break. I have a quote we from got Dr. About, Edward We've got about Brown. a minute and a half, two minutes here. Yeah. Let me leave you with this, the last two minutes. Dr. Edward Brown, who is a medical professor at the Parker University in Dallas, Texas, he said this about MSG. This is just one example of one excitotoxin. He said, when we eat foods laced with MSG or diet drinks sweetened with NutraSweet, the body is flooded with these excitatory neurotransmitter substances to a level 5 to 20 times greater than normally present within the blood. This neurotransmitter excess can cause repetitive firing of neurons, and when this continues without rest, neurons can eventually fatigue and die. 
There's a growing evidence. There's growing evidence that these artificial food additives accelerate neurodegeneration in the individuals with a genetic predisposition to a condition such as Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's, and dementia. So now you ask yourself, what is up with this cascade of new diagnosis to folks that are suffering from things like dementia, Alzheimer, Lewis Gehrig's disease, um, situational awareness issues with age, and I pass it back for, for, for the break if you're, if you're there. Right. I mean, it's, it's a pretty grim picture uh, in terms of you know, what's out there and, and what we're shoving in our mouth and what ends up in our gut. It's grim. Um, we'll, uh, we'll take a time out on the other side Let's uh, spend a little bit of time talking about how to get out from under this and how to eat clean, because that sounds, on the surface, it sounds really difficult, but I'm sure it's much easier uh, than we think, I'm hoping. (laughs) You're going to give us some good news. I will. Uh, Joe Horn is the co-author of Time Bomb, a genocide of deadly processed foods, a national health epidemic more pervasive than anyone imagined. He's staying with us for the full two hours. Ian, how much time do we have? All right, good. We got about 30 seconds. So let's, uh, let's come back on the other side and uh, let's get into this. And time permitting, we'll also talk about um, what we're feeding our pets, too. It's uh, sort of time bomb part two. Got to remember our little uh, furry friends, too. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Stay with us. listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Live from Toronto, Canada, Earth, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. Thanks 
parents are inviting me into your home. Long haul truck, RV camper, taxi, your parents' basement, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. And hello to all of you listening in on our flagship station, Zuma Radio, AM 740, 96.7 FM here in Toronto. All of you checking us out on one of our fine affiliate stations across North America, the Conspiracy Show app and the Zuma Radio app, both free downloads. You can listen anywhere in the world. It's that easy. The YouTube channel, of course, take a moment and please hit the red sub button. However, and wherever you're listening, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes and I thank you for your fine company. And uh, if you like consp- if you like the conspiracy show, uh, I ask you to check out my podcast, Conspiracy Unlimited, and it drops three days a week. New episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Conspiracy Unlimited. Just go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com. Conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com to listen and subscribe. And don't forget my other podcast, The Rock and Roll Twilight Zone. If you love rock and roll and you love the paranormal, true crime, uh, mysterious deaths, strange synchronicities involving some of your favorite rock icons, you're going to enjoy The Rock and Roll Twilight Zone, heard exclusively on the Jericho Network. That's Chris Jericho from WWE Fam fame. And uh, it's available at Apple Podcasts and Google Play. New episodes of the Rock and Roll Twilight Zone drop Wednesdays at midnight, 12 a.m. Eastern. Enjoy. Joe Horn is co-author of Time Bomb, a genocide of deadly processed foods, and he's staying with us uh, for hour two. We were talking about a leaky gut syndrome, what contributes to it, what causes it, and all of the, the fallout from leaky gut syndrome. I mean, all of these autoimmune diseases that were virtually unknown 50, 60 years ago. Uh, arthritis, diabetes, lupus, um, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, Crohn's disease, uh, dementia, Parkinson's, uh, all caused by uh, leaky gut syndrome, according to Joe's um, uh, research and that of his uh, his co-author, investigative journalist, Ali Anderson. And we were also talking about uh, what is contributing or causing this leaky gut syndrome, and that is... Uh, the, the preservatives in our food, uh, the excitotoxins in our disease, uh, in our food that cross the the, abrun, the brain blood barrier, the blood brain barrier, uh, and also uh, the, um, the hormones, pesticides, all of these things. So the question is, how do we eat clean? How do we how do we uh, treat our gut? How do we heal our body through food? So Joe, let's uh, let's begin that discussion. Sure. One quick caveat, Richard. I think you'll love this. My best friend from childhood, Mr. Jason Pumphrey, listened to our interview from your Conspiracy Unlimited program. He had never heard your show before. He says, I love this Richard guy. He he sent me an email that says, I love this Richard guy, and his show is my new favorite cast. Ah, wonderful. <laughs> That's great news. Well, thank you for sharing. Yeah. <laughs> so how to eat clean. First of all, um, when you go to places like Google – and honestly, I have uh, I have OCD. Sometimes if I'm not careful, I'll get to talking so fast, my head will move faster than my lips can keep up with. Uh, well, the same is true with research. I can become very overwhelmed. If I open a web browser and I want simple, simple spoon-fed information, my eyes will start to dart around the page and I'll catch nine different articles and my brain goes in every which way. And pretty soon there's this, and this is what a lot of folks do, there's this mountain of almost incipherable evidence 
or what they perceive to be evidence, making all cases in a big circular dispute kind of thing. Cognitive dissonance, yes. They don't know what's real. Well, this guy says it's fake. This guy says you don't have to worry about it. This guy says this causes cancer, but this group says it's not real. And so where where do you find where reality is? Well, I can tell you that the Time Bomb Project has several holistic healthcare professionals. These are people that have ran multi-decade clinics where you go every day of the week and you see a a conveyor belt of people coming out that that are championing various victory laps over things that they've defeated through natural medicine. These people are very good. Um, one of the people that advises me is a, a, a licensed nutritionist. In fact, I, you've, you've heard of Steve Quayle, I'm sure. Oh, yes, yes. Terrific fact, guest. It's possible you've interviewed him, but I his have. wife, Loretta, is one of the smartest people and, and greatest resources I've ever known in terms of natural healing. I mean, she is smart like a laser beam. Uh, Dr. Ralph Umbriaco, he also contributed to Time Bomb. And Dr. Matthew Sams in Branson, Missouri, he also contributed. Uh, these are guys that contributed both to the, to the research and the information that's present, but also contributed chapters as well. They actually wrote chapters on how to find the right uh, there, there's a phrase out there called CAM, C-A-M, and it stands for Care and Alternative Medicine. And basically that embodies everything outside of traditional Western care. So, you know, herbalists, naturopath, homeopathic, chiropractor, you know, acupuncture, the, the whole gambit of, uh, of doctors that don't necessarily practice traditional Americanized uh, institutionalized medicine. And so finally that brings me to my co-author, Certified Private uh, Investigator. She is uh, like a laser when it comes to fact check. So I have some great resources. You know, my father owns a publishing house. We have a whole team of people. Uh, When in doubt, I go to my panel and I say, I need the bottom line on this. I need to know what is real and what can be fact checked and validated. So there's that part of it. But there's also the evidence that speaks for itself. I'm sitting here tonight with high energy after feeling like I was dying for the last six, seven years before I finally met with Dr. Joshua and then spent, uh, you know, the last year and a half uh, walking out of my nightmare. And I can sit here today and tell you that I that I almost never have, and I mean 99.8% of the time, never have any of the prostodynia symptoms. The prostatitis is completely gone. Uh, I don't have the digestive issues. I, I, I'm just a normal guy, man, I'm sitting here without pain. Uh, I'm sitting here on a, on a wonderful uh, supplement regimen that I know is healthy for my body. I sleep well at night. I don't have the adrenal burnout. I, I chase my kids. I mean, I'm not making this up. The quality of my life, I, I live at about probably 90% now of what I would have described being when I was you know 15 and just filled with zeal before the issues kicked in and I right. was just a normal right. person. So how did I do that? I, I met with the right folks that could put me on things, and I want to throw a few phrases out there. I want to be very useful in this broadcast. Even if somebody doesn't buy the Time Bomb book, I still want them to go back to this little soundbite and look online for things like the GAPS diet. That's G-A-P-S. Gastro and psychological. That's what that stands for. Uh-huh. You fix your gut, you fix your hormone issues, the head will follow. GAPS. That is very GAPS clean diet. diet. Yes. Okay. GAPS, G-A-P-S. I also want them to look at paleo diet. Paleo diet. That's right. Eat like a caveman. Eat like a caveman. (laughs) Yes. Paleo diet is also wonderful for the gut. But then finally, I want to tell you, 
there are a lot of gimmick diets out there that are going to be tomorrow's flash in the pan. Maybe for a year, folks will talk about it. They'll lose some weight initially, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, here's the problem with all diets, including GAPS and paleo, all diets. If the ingredients that you use are from the local grocery store and they are the vegetables, et cetera, that we've been talking about all night, you're going to continue to experience your health woes. And they're going to continue to get worse. You cannot outpace via diet quality ingredients. And I'll give you a perfect example. Getting back to the ingredients, one of the worst things, Richard, please hear me on this. You probably know, but maybe your listeners don't. One of the worst ingredients you can put in your body is in almost every kind of meat that's purchased in this country, barring uh, chicken and beef. They don't preserve those with this, but, but everything else, ham, turkey, all the lunch meats, hot dogs, bologna, Bacon. almost every kind of sandwich. When you go through the big sandwich shops and you have custom yeah, bacon, 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 almost every kind of bacon, big Sodium bacon. nitrate. You knew that I was going to say sodium nitrates. <laughs> <laughs> sodium, sodium nitrite, sodium nitrate. These, these combine with stomach acid to produce uh, um, all kinds of issues, man. Uh, an element uh, leading to cancers called nitrosamines. This stuff is linked to pancreas, colon, rectum, stomach, brain, esophagus, bladder, and oral cancers. And these, these are very fast-moving to damage the immune system and to compromise the gut. These are, these are classic for creating leaky gut, compromised immune, which then brings about the overactive immune, which then brings uh, about your body uh, attacking its own tissue. We didn't really get into the, the minutiae of that. We can if you'd like. But um, I kind of I gave the gist of leaky gut, and then we rushed right. past it. But, but generally, the, the immune system becomes overactive, and it begins to attack its own self by building familiarity, food sensitivities through the things that it believes now are the foreign invaders creating the damage. This can be foods that you eat all the time that you don't technically have an allergy to, but your body has now began to recognize as part of a foreign invader because it comes in with all these pesticides and stuff. Is this making sense? Absolutely, 100%. So is it possible, begins, is okay, it possible go, to, to buy anything, any meat at a local grocery store that, that, is, that is healthy? If you're going to buy meat at a local grocery store, you're almost guaranteed to get something with a growth hormone or something that's been compromised at a manufacturing level or uh, what, what the, cow, the cow or the calf, whatever, was eating, not native to what it should have been. In other words, cows not eating grass, which is what they should be eating, grass-fed cattle. Uh, being fed things like genetically modified corn instead because it's cheaper and there's tons of it. And, the, and, the, and of course, then you get into ingredients like zane. And all of the problems with the, the uh, genetically uh, modified organisms and the side effects that, that we already know these create in animals. So where do you buy I, your meat, Joe? Where do you buy your meat? So, so, okay, we've gone on and on and on about how terrible it is. If you're listening to this broadcast and you're thinking, if I don't get some hope, I'm just going <laughs> to <gonna> go mad. <laughs> I, I personally, I live in the Midwest. So we, we are very fortunate in that it's very easy to get locally raised eggs, locally raised meats. Um, we have a, a whole slew of natural markets. And I tell you this, it's very promising now to see that I'm not the only one that's waking up to this. A lot of folks out there, before I arrived on the scene, by the way, there were pushes now, movements now, people uh, really gaining traction in the areas of holistic, naturally grown food, vegetables, things like this. And so you are seeing uh, markets. I'll name a couple. This is not a blanket endorsement, and this is not to suggest that every product they carry is safe for you because it's not. But it's cool to see trends like uh, the Lucky's Chain Store or Mama Jeans 
you know, uh, chains like this opening up. And again, I find bad ingredients in these places. But what I love about them is that they're there because people in communities are now really pushing for cleaner food. So we're at the beginning precipice, Richard, I believe, of an era of personal responsibility that is going to totally revolutionize. For those that have ears to, to hear and eyes to, to, to see what's happening, uh, people, the age of personal responsibility, uh, a revival of natural and holistic medicine, and I hope and pray a wave of people finding freedom from the things that afflict them and getting off the medications and stuff that they're on. Um, so I buy my meats. Uh, I get local meats. We have a lot of local farmers out here, butcher shops. Um, there's some natural markets where they do also include. I'll give you one example. In Springfield, Missouri, we have a shop called Mama Jeans. Yes. And they do have they they you know they've got some hot dogs that are that are quote kosher. And they're advertised as being, or, you know, not organic, but um, farm-raised, grass-fed, no colors or dyes, which is kind of a tricky way of making you think it's got to be healthy. But they don't mention on the front of the package no artificial preservatives. You flip it over and you got sodium nitrates. Uh-huh. So you got to be you got to be careful. But here's the point: they they do carry local meats, and and every Tuesday and Friday or what whatever day we've been in there many times, there's a guy down there. He's a local guy, and you can usually tell because the packaging looks homemade and and uh, all of it's FDA compliant. But they're also organically uh, certified independently. Well, people up here in Canada that are listening, you're going to have to sort of do your own homework. And and I guess the, it's it's like it's like a job interview. Interview your your butcher or your grocer, and find out whether it's you know whether they're going to tick all of these boxes in terms of eating clean. We'll take a time out. Uh, Joe Horn will be with us. We'll do another segment on this, and then we'll, we'll talk about uh, uh, Dead Pets Don't Lie. Joe Horn is the author of Time Bomb, a genocide of deadly processed foods, right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Thank you for joining us. Please stick around. Don't be afraid of the dark. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. When in doubt, blame the government. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. We are back with Joe Horn, co-author of Time Bomb, A Genocide of Deadly Processed Foods, a national health epidemic more pervasive than anyone imagined. Uh, give us a, um, a website, Joe, where people can, can find this book, learn more about it, learn more about you. Well, right before the break, Richard, you mentioned that folks in Canada will need to do their own research, and that may be true in part specific to their area, but I do want to remind listeners that that is precisely what the Time Bomb book was written to accomplish. It is the field guide that you can take with you. Walk straight into a grocery store, flip to the part in Time Bomb where it talks about the label game, and reference it for how to read and interpret the label so that you know whether or not a product is safe or whether it's got a bunch of garbage in it that's going to harm you. It also has tips and techniques to finding the right health care path for you, uh, one that hopefully fits your budget and your lifestyle, as well as how to shop and, and, uh, and, and even some tips if you want to go all the way into creating a small space garden. 
uh, and and so it's it is the field guide that will arm folks with where to start and how to find the right path to finding clean groceries and the right kind of health care and the gut brain connection. We deal with autoimmune disease. We deal with how to begin reversing the damage that's been done to the gut and how to domino these other things that you might be suffering with. Right. So, I just meant in the, terms of finding uh, like a, a, the name of a grocery store. Uh, the, you, you mentioned a couple down in the States, but I just I do want to mention sure, you're right. Sure. Chapter 11 is yes. the label game. And here's something interesting. I just want to throw this out quickly. Uh, in 2008, Michael Pollan uh, wrote an article encouraging consumers to limit their purchases to food products that include no more than five ingredients and no ingredients with names that can't be pronounced. That's kind of a nice, simple rule for people to remember. That is an excellent rule, and it's one of the ones that I'm constantly telling folks. They say, hey, in three minutes, tell me where can I start. I tell them, if you go to a grocery store and you pick up a product, and when you flip that product over, it's got a really long label, and you can't pronounce the words, put it back on the shelf because it's a label game, and it is almost certainly filled with stuff that's not going to be good for you. And what that's going to do, Richard, is it's going to drive you to buying simpler ingredients that you're going to have to cook, things like black beans, brown Mm -hmm. rice. Is this making sense? Oh, yes. Simple ingredients that drive you back to an era where we don't have this convenient commodity lifestyle built around uh, garbage foods that then allow us to, 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 to pursue all the other things that we do with all the rest of our time. But getting back to an era of, of, of cooking for ourselves and putting some thought into what we put into our body. There's also a lot of information in Time Bomb uh, about how to do that. If people want to get a copy, they can get it. Anywhere fine books are sold, so you can go. It's it's at uh, Barnes and Nobles nationwide. Go to the NCAP. You can also go to Amazon.com and purchase it there. We have a bunch of free stuff we're throwing in with that book. If you want to get it at SkyWatchTVStore.com, SkyWatchTVStore.com. We've got that book with a companion DVD with over five hours of information on all the stuff we're talking about tonight, plus some other books that help uh, get you started on the right diet and so forth. So SkyWatch TV. TVstore.com, and that would be where if you'd want to learn more about me personally or other works that we've done, skywatchtvstore.com. Right. So here's the other challenge, and it's it's the lifestyle. People are so busy, and they, they want, they love stores where they can buy everything there all at once. So, and you're, you're right, we have to rethink, um, you know, the way that we cook. So many people today, it's almost become this badge of honor. I don't know how to cook. I never turn the oven on. Well, we now, <laughs> now we need to start thinking about this in terms of well, you better you better darn well learn to cook and cook right because you're I mean especially if you have a family, you're saving lives here. Yes. It's a it's a it's a it's a it's an it's a slow walking adjusting our expectations for what we're going to use our time for. Richard, I'll give you one quick example. We now almost everybody that drinks coffee does it through these little K cups every morning because they can slap the lid down and you know a minute later they've got a hot cup of coffee. We didn't even get into xenoestrogens tonight. Uh, very quickly, xenoestrogens are in almost everything plastic in this country. They're an artificial foreign version of estrogen that enter your body and then overrule your body's own hormone production, and they do a lot of tinkering with your uh, hormone production. They're also linked to to breast cancer, testicular cancer, uh, endometriosis, uh, ovarian cysts, migraines, infertility, and and also man boobs. They're one of the biggest contributors to man breasts. Uh, You're getting this in plastic bottles. The pops that we drink, it's only the ingredients in part what comes in the the soda pop. It's also the fact that the lining of the plastic bottle carries 
carries with it xenoestrogens and ingredients like phthalates. These are also on our deodorants. They're in our shampoos. They're in hygiene products. Our bodies are getting exposures to these all the time. BPA, bisphenol A. These are ingredients that totally tinker with men's testosterone. This is one of the reasons why I believe today men have lower testosterone rates than our grandfathers did. We only have one-third of those that our grandfathers did. And there's no, by the way, end in sight for that decline. So men are completely wired differently today as a result of the things we're eating and exposing our bodies to differently from our uh, grandfathers. And I didn't mean to get off on that tangent. I'm just telling you that, that... No, that's important. That's important. And it explains a lot. We, we, have, uh, we have a lot of folks that are confused about what gender they believe that they identify with. Uh, and, and you could have said, okay, 30 years ago, I knew a, a fellow that also was. Uh, but the reality is the number of people uh, that believe they're confused, that's the point. Don't take my word for it. Just folks that aren't sure how to identify, that's the point. And then we ask ourselves, could it be possibly the fact that our hormone systems are under such attack via the things that we eat and drink. Could it be that some of the things people feel they're experiencing maybe aren't legitimate life worldview feelings as much as the fact they're unknowing that the bottled water they drink exclusively is goofing with their, uh, uh, their progesterone or their hormone so I'm, or their estrogen production for that matter. So, um, there's ways to avoid that. I drink out of glass bottles exclusively. I have a Berkey filter at home. We live on a well, and then I also Berkey filter it. You can get those with fluoride filters. Um, there's chlorine filters. Uh, these are things that most people just, they just, until you hear somebody talk about it, Richard, they're just totally unaware. So I realize I'm talking at warp speed. You wanted to get into uh, dead pets don't lie. I just wanted to throw a few nuggets out there because you had kind of teased that there'd be some hopeful steps. Uh, The one nugget that we did, uh, you know, avoid long ingredient lists. Um, That's a great tip and probably a great little nugget, great sound bite for radio. But the but the long version is in the time bomb book. All right, I want to be, we will get to dead pets, but I want to, I want to sure. go back to coffee because I mean, oh, yes. I, I have the, uh, you know, I use those cups and so forth. I mean, what do you, what do you do for coffee? So the reason I brought that up is we, we, you were talking about lifestyle or maybe I was, and then you followed it up with the comment about lifestyle. We have, have incremental, excuse me, incrementally adjusted our expectations about how we're going to live our lives. We're no longer uh, an agrarian society. Most of us don't farm. We don't get outside. We don't do very much. We live these sedentary lifestyles behind computers and inside buildings. And even if you're active, you don't get enough sunlight, which is, means you don't have enough vitamin D exposure through the skin and so forth. Um, they frightened so, us not to go outside, Joe. We're not to go I, outside. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. We we could go we could go totally into the into the conspiracy and talk about chemtrails if you want, but we'll do that in another show. We'll do another show. Different show, but but here's the point. You mentioned coffee and lifestyle. So, when I grew up, it was nothing to brew a, a pot of coffee. That was just what you did. And my grandfather marveled at how quick that was because he's hand grinding with a non-electrical hand grinder at the age of 90, these these coffee beans. And then he's, you know, remember that, that, that uh, they, they'd call it hobo-style coffee? You yeah. would just boil the grits, That's it. the coffee grits in the water, and you drink it all, right? Right. 
So then they come up with these tricky coffee mates. And man, oh man, look how simple you can put the, the electrically ground beans into a machine like that. And then it'll filter the water through and you get this clean cup of coffee. That's insane. That's so quick. You can do it in 20 minutes. Well, then my generation comes along. Well, that's not fast enough. We got a faster way to do this. They invent the K-cup, which is totally taken. I, I got to be honest. I was smitten by that. A few years ago, I thought, this is a gimmick. It's not going to be handy. I'm not going to like it. And and the first Christmas I had my, my new K-Cup machine, who I will not mention brands and so forth, I, I had a, a full spread. I'd gone back to the store before my holiday was over and had a full spread of holiday flavors, cinnamon mm-hmm. this, eggnog that, minty this, all coffee different brews, morning brew, evening brew, dark roast, Colombian roast. Um, and you could pop one in. And just hit the go button. And it was like, this is the funnest, coolest, easiest way ever. I had no idea, though, that 70% of the plastics that that make up the, the plastics in this country, including uh, the things that are in our all of our environments, the mouses that we use for our computers, our steering wheels, our, our plastic bowls and plates that we run through the dishwasher, that all this stuff is riddled with bisphenol A, BPA, and ingredients like phthalates. That, that, that enter our body and then do like we talked about before. They're, a, they're an impostos, imposter xenoestrogen that tinker with and overrule very powerfully, I might add, uh, our hormone production. But what about these, uh, the these coffee K-cups that they're coming up with now that are entirely biodegradable? There's no plastic. I've not caught up with any of that. Okay. I, I abandoned the whole notion. And my point was, let me make this succinctly because I feel like I've, I've gotten off track here. My original point was my grandfather, uh, he, he marveled at the, you know, the advances, 1980s and 90s, just a standard coffee pot that most of us used forever. Uh, but now that we've gotten used to, this is the point, used to a K-cup, the idea of actually brewing coffee feels like it's a pain, right? Right, right. Oh, my gosh, I don't want to spend that kind of time. Well, we've done that, Richard, incrementally. With almost every aspect of our life, and the one thing that we've not left any room during the day for is prioritizing what we're actually going to fuel our bodies with. That's true. Most, That's true. most people just assume that some benevolent government agency like the FDA is going to regulate foods to make sure that they're safe, and there's this they – how many times have you heard people talk about this they? <laughs> we do that well, a lot on this show. <laughs> they, would never, they would never allow this. They would never do that. They, they, for some people, might be the government. Maybe it's a big box chain store. Well, that, uh, you know, not to name names, but that big blue chain store. Well, they would never allow that because they wouldn't want to get sued if one ingredient gave somebody cancer or something. And I'm just here to tell you there's not enough time. It's a whole two other programs talking about where the FDA is, where – where uh, label ingredients are and where they've failed. Uh, and I can just tell you in a nutshell, it's a, it's a combination of the fact that the, that the FDA spends most of its time uh, regulating and, and uh, spending its time convening for the approval of new pharmaceutical drugs. They do not have the manpower to check the crates upon crates upon crates uh, coming in from all over the world every day with everything from pharmaceutical drugs to pills to supplements to foods to toys to whatever – uh, they just don't have they don't have the, the the willpower or the manpower or the funding. So there is no bottom line in a nutshell in 30 seconds or less. There is no benevolent arm of the government that 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 regulates to keep things safe. There there is. And I, we, I don't know how much of this you want to get into, man. I'm trying to make this as fast as I can because I don't. You're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. We've got a, it, what do we have in about a money about a, oh, two minutes here. Two minutes. So give me give me a minute here and then we'll uh, we'll head into D- dead pets don't lie. 
the, the bottom line is whether you believe that the FDA is doing this uh, to turn a blind eye, to fail to regulate things, uh, or whether you believe it's some nefarious, Illuminati-controlled. I hear people talking about the shadow hand of the government working in tandem with different agencies as a nefarious plot to depopulate everything. So they're doing this on purpose. Whatever it is your worldview uh, finds comfort in, the bottom net result is the same. Right. Nobody's regulating this stuff for you in a way that actually insulates you from the disease that you're going to experience if you keep eating this garbage. Not whether or not, maybe maybe for you it'll kick in at 50. Maybe for you it happens much earlier in life. But the reality is at some point, you cannot expose the human body to the chemicals and to the to the to the pesticides and to these ingredients these carcinogens these these disastrous cancer causing ingredients without eventually experiencing side effects and maybe you're one of the lucky ones that gets away with maybe an autoimmune disease maybe you're one of the unfortunate ones that ends up with something more nefarious but the bottom line is there is hope and if you're out there struggling if you're out there dealing with autoimmune disease, if you're one of the ones with fibromyalgia, lupus, chronic migraines, uh, irritable bowel syndrome, inflamed bowel disease, Crohn's, right. ulcerative colitis, there is hope if you avoid these chemicals and you get yourself on a path of natural supplementation and a holistic lifestyle. Joe, thank you. We'll take a time out, come back. We'll talk about dead pets don't lie. Joe Horn, right here on The Conspiracy Show. When you look at the sky, ever wonder if someone's looking back? This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. And we are back with Joe Horn. We've spent the last uh, hour and a half, really, discussing uh, processed foods and how to eat clean. Now, there's a, uh, the other book that you, uh, that you wrote, Dead Pets Don't Lie. It's kind of time bomb, but for our furry friends. Yes. And uh, so let's, uh, what, what, what do we need to know about the, uh, let's say, is it dog food primarily or do you deal with cats as well or? It's, 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 it's all of the above, but the, but the two groups of people that seem to be the most astonished. In other words, if you had a farm animal and you learned later there was some nefarious ingredients going into farm feed, most of the kinds of folks that might learn of that may not have a big interest in it. The, the ones that spend a lot of money on what they believe to be boutique, first-class, world-class, top-of-the-food-chain feed for a cat or a dog, those are the families that I find uh, that are the most astonished when they learn what's actually in the food. And at first, find it hard to accept until I explain how this is done. But Richard, you've heard me say this. For the listeners that haven't, would it shock you if I told you that right now, all across the United States, in big, 
box stores. I'm not talking about obscure little feed stores for the farmer with some unknown brand. I'm talking about major name, constantly on television, constantly promoted with commercials and so forth, promising that your breeds will breed better and that you'll win the blue ribbon if you feed them our feed and that the that that the uh, that the vet recommends our brand. This is scientifically formulated to to meet with all of your pet's needs. That that tons of that food is riddled with euthanized cats and dogs. And for the people that don't know what that means, euthanized cats and dogs are the ones from vet clinics, shelters, and elsewhere that have been put down for different reasons, overbreeding, irresponsible breeding, disease, tumors, cancers, aggression, whatever it is, put down with a drug called pentobarbital, which is the lethal injection that kills and destroys the animal, that survives what is called the rendering process. These animals are picked up through various means from, from, the, from the shelters and the vet clinics and, uh, and often in the city. Breed bands, confiscated dogs, all this kind of stuff. Various dogs end up in what is known, cats and dogs, by the way, end up in what's called a rendering plant where they are then essentially mulched into a fine what is called a protein powder and then sold to big name commercial pet food companies. Wait a minute, I find that hard to believe because let's say for example you take your dog uh, to the vet and and he's in pain, he's suffering, you have him you have him put to sleep. Don't they usually cremate the dog right there? I mean, and you can ask for the the ashes. Some people don't, you know, they 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 have them interred there at the someplace out back of the vet. So who's picking up these animals? I mean, is this even legal? It's completely legal. In fact, I'm glad you asked. So some families elect to keep the ashes. Some people are willing to pay for cremation results on the spot. Others are mortified, and they just simply don't ask where the animal goes after the fact. And there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands per month that end up like that. This also includes the roadkill. A food animal. What is a food animal? This is farmers that are that are growing animals for different reasons. Some of this is supposed to make it to human feed and various things, chicken nuggets, et cetera, et cetera. But the animals become unfit. They're, they're, uh, a food animal is any uh, animal unfit for human consumption. So this could be chickens with tumors, cattle with growths, lesions, protrusions, oozing out, all kinds of malformities that we don't need to get into. But the point is animals that are already dying, or maybe they've been discovered dead, um, people that work for the city. I've got, I've got information here. You know, Keith Woods talks about, he wrote an article called The Dark Side of Recycle for Earth Island Journal, um, where he talks about the raw product and what rendering plants are and people that, that work for the city. And they describe the stench. Richard Mayer, the division of manager of the Valley Collection Area for the Bureau of Sanitization of the City of Los Angeles says, and he's describing his role in the city sanitization department where they go and they pick up animals from the road, from uh, the ditch, you know, animals that have been hit by vehicles and also animals that are just found upon dead in neighborhoods. But he goes to a rendering plant and he says this, he says, and I quote, the volume is about 120 dead animals collected a day throughout the city. This is in Los Angeles. Oh my. He said, once we collect a sufficient quantity of animals, they're then taken to a rendering plant. There's a contractor that we work with that will render the animals. Now, we, 
when when Donna Howell and I, the co-author of my book, wrote this book, we actually interviewed people that had both worked with city sanitization services all across the United States, also employees of former employees of different humane society top uh, operations where they they were uh, involved personally with the euthanization of the animals and they where they went the, after the fact. Do they know at the so, humane society? We have to take a time out. I want to, when we come back, I'll ask you whether the humane society people, if they know that this is happening, and, and is this happening in Canada? Uh, we'll be back. Joe Horn, uh, the author of Dead Pets Don't Lie, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Corporations, governments, and sometimes entire civilizations. What goes up must come down, and it lands on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. From Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Keeping an eye on the new world order. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sapp from Zuma Radio. Joe Horn stays with us on The Conspiracy Show, and we are talking, this is a shocker, dead pets don't lie. So, euthanized animals, roadkill, animals found dead, uh, are taken to a rendering plant, and that those animals, sick and dying animals... Uh, that are put down and so forth, these end up in a rendering plant and this finds its way into cat food and dog food. I mean, do we, do, do the people at the, um, for example, at the vet or the Humane Society, do they know that this is happening? That this is where the animals are going? So with the Humane Society in particular, I don't want to make any claims in particular to any big agency like that because there are millions of, of, of wonderful people that work at those organizations that either have no knowledge of this that's happening, but there are plenty of them that do that know that this is happening at other Humane Society-esque facilities. Does that make sense? Yes, so when I right. when I use the term humane society, I'm using that more to incite something to a regular listener out there that will connect what kind of an organization might be up to this, but I'm not suggesting that the actual humane society organization is involved in this. Right. I want We're to be talking very clear about, about that. Yeah, animal but, shelters. That you, we're using it and uh, humane society is a very yeah, generic. I should have yeah. just said animal shelters, but right. here's the point. I was trying to paint a picture with my OCD that would make sense to folks. But here's the point. If you're listening to this program and you're really grappling with this and you think, okay, he had me all through the time bomb stuff, but he's lost. I, that's it. I can't take no more. He's totally, totally off the deep end. I have something for you that will really help you understand how real this is. If you go, this is an excerpt, by the way, directly from the FDA's own website regarding their firsthand knowledge of euthanized pets ending up in pet foods. This is a quote from their website. Are you ready for this? Yes. On the subject of, of euthanized pets and whether pentobarbital uh, actually makes it into rendered uh, pet food. This is a quote from the FDA. It says, because in addition to producing anesthesia, pentobarbital is routinely used to euthanize animals. The most likely way it could get into dog food would be in rendered animal products. 
rendered products come from a process that converts animal tissue to feed ingredients. Pentobarbital seems to be able to survive the rendering process. If animals are euthanized with pentobarbital and subsequently rendered, pentobarbital could be present in the rendered feed ingredients. They're not even pretending that they don't know that this is happening. That's my point. Mm. They, so, so how do they get away with it? They are banking. They meaning the, the big commercialized uh, pet food organizations and stuff like this, the big, the big pet food conglomerates are banking on your response being, I just, I just can't accept that. That is that is over the moon. We, I mean, we are, we are, uh, we're living at the loony bin. I can't, there's, there's no way that happens. No way that my trusted long time, highly recommended by the local pet, but there's no way that's happening. And I'm just telling you that it is happening. They, that's the old saying, right? The, the, the big lie is protected by public incredulity. Yes. So, yes. So that's the reaction that they're, that they're hoping. And by the way, in, in the rendered animals, they don't take time to sort these out. Um, these these often include, by the way, uh, supermarket rejects. So like foods that went over the expiration date that we can't eat. I'm talking about old fish, old chicken. They're picked up by these rendering companies. Many of the big, big grocery outlets, where do you think all this food goes? They don't throw it in the dumpster. Where does it all, where does all that, with the thousands and thousands of pounds of expired meat, where does all that go? I'm talking about all this stuff. It, it, is, no, literally soylent, it is literally soylent green when it comes to uh, what we're feeding our pets. And, and, and ID collars, plastic tags, flea collars, these, these are all still on the animals when they're going up the, uh, the conveyor belt to get dumped into the mulcher. And by the way, when, when these expired supermarket reject meats go into the rendering process, they're not taken off the styrofoam tray. They're not, they're not separated out from the label. This is the plastic tray. This is the saran wrap that goes over the top. It's the old meat. It's the plastic. It's the labels. It's the ink on the, the, uh, the, the label that tells you what kind of meat it used to be. Um, so it, anyway, I could go on. I mentioned Keith Woods earlier. He wrote an article, uh, The Dark Side of Recycling for Earth Island Journal, and it goes on and on. It, it says, this is, this is just for those with the stomach to hear this, it says the rent, he's describing his experience visiting a rendering plant. His name's Keith Woods in his article, the dark side of recycle, uh, the dark side of recycling. He says the rendering plant floor is piled high with quote, raw product, unquote, thousands of dead dogs and cats, heads and hoofs from cattle, sheep, pigs, and horses, whole skunks, rats, and raccoons all waiting to be processed in the 90 degree heat. The piles of dead animals seem to have a life of their own as millions of maggots swarm over the carcasses. Uh, two bandana-masked men began operating bobcat mini-dozers loading the, quote, raw, unquote, into a 10-foot deep stainless steel pit. And that is then, of course, rendered into uh, the protein powder that we're talking about. Protein now, powder. Now, and how, do we identif- you, how do we identify that on a, f- on a label? I mean, it's not, th- is it going to say protein powder? No, <laughs> It's not going to say Sparky. No. It's not going to say Rover is in here. No, no, no. Um, you know, so anytime you see, by the way, in the Dead Pets Don't Lie book, we talk about a major lawsuit, and I do name the uh, the company by name. I won't do that on your show for liability reasons. But in the book, there's a major company that we identified just, just three years ago that was in a major lawsuit, uh, one of the most expensive pet foods on the market. This is the second time they've been caught doing shenanigans like this, where they – 
had a guaranteed protein analysis on the bag of like 33%, but an independent competing dog food company were suspicious that they were uh, being underhanded. So in an effort to damage them, and they successfully did so, they had an independent laboratory audit the ingredients and found that 17% of the protein uh, analysis was actually um, poultry byproduct, feathers, Stuff that the stuff that the dogs can't even absorb or do anything with, but it but it weighs a lot. So you put it in the the feed, it makes the bag feel like you're getting something. Um, and and their excuse, by the way, their response when this went to court, because this ended up in court, was that their distributor had been dishonest with them mm. about the ingredients. Well, if you believe that, then it makes the company that's willing to charge you eighty dollars a bag for dog food completely ignorant. If their excuse is, well, we just didn't know that what we were selling you wasn't really food because our distributor wasn't being honest with us. Right. What does that say about their quality control? Should you be paying $80 a bag for a company that doesn't have any quality control? Are there clues clues on the labels, though, Joe? Are there clues that we can look for? Yes, there is. So when you're reading a label, if you flip a a dog or a cat food over and you see ingredients like uh, meat or bone byproduct, meat, bone meal, meat and bone meal, meat, bone byproduct, poultry byproduct, beef byproduct. Anytime you see the byproduct, that now opens up this huge caveat where it can include and is not limited to all the things that we've been talking about. So long as some of it's beef or if they identify, some of them, they don't even bother identifying a meat source. They just say poultry byproduct. It could be part of a dead quail or part of a chicken or you know, just something with feathers, and some of it is feathers and the talons and a bunch of stuff that has no nutritional value to the animal. But here's the other thing, Richard. Uh, so I can give you some basics. See, I never know how much time we have left. I we have, about, sure we we have a good five basics. minutes. We have a good five minutes here, Joe. Let me, let me just throw this out then very quickly. I'll see if I can organize this into five minutes. Uh, my good friend, and I met her during the, the, the Dead Pets Don't Lie uh, project. Her name is Dr. Jean Hovey. She's a holistic DVM. She actually contributed to the book, uh, endorsed the book. She's become, since that investigation where we met her actually through the investigation, she's become a dear friend of mine and we've kept in touch. Um, She told me when we were doing this investigation that the pentobarbital that's creating all of the kidney failure and all of the the issues with liver uh, and and cyst growth and tumor growth and all the things that that happens when you're constantly intravenously dosed with lethal uh, materials like pentobarbital. Right. We're euthanizing our pets over a period of seven, eight, nine years. Yes. So the side effects to a depleted immune system are much like the human version of leaky gut syndrome. It's different, but the point is the immune system is being depleted, and so it allows for these other things that the immune system might have actually defeated, but it didn't because it was being drained over time. She told me that rendered animals and the pentobarbital might be the least of our worries, and then she helped us launch the second wave of the investigation. I want to give you one example. I, I mentioned tertiary butyl hydroquinone. Uh, uh, this, this contains petroleum-derived butane. They're using this in human food and in pet food. Uh, linked to precancerous stomach tumors in labs, causes all kinds of damage to the DNA because the dogs and cats are trying to adapt to it, to absorb it. Uh, and we're, we're damaging the genetic, uh, the true genetic lineage of a lot of these breeds that are in trouble now, like the German Shepherd, the Chihuahua, and the Black Labrador. A lot of uh, uh, animal scientists are very concerned now about the, uh, the lineage of some of the most long-standing American popular durable breeds uh, with, with issues with teeth growth, uh, hip dysplasia, 
uh, premature life. Litters and litters are becoming more infertile or they're blind upon birth or they're dead six months after birth or they're stillbirth. This is all stuff that's going up and up and up and up and up. And I know I'm talking very quickly here, but just um, propylene glycol. Here's a, and there's a reason I'm bringing this up. These, these, are, these are ingredients that are found in pet food. It's used in pet foods to stabilize moisture, inhibit bacterial growth, maintain texture, and it's used as a sweetener. It's largely considered one of the most dangerous preservatives in pet foods. It happens to be a well-known ingredient in antifreeze. Oh, Lord. It, it's known to cause illness in canines and stuff. Now, it inhibits you know, bacterial growth. But, but it comes at a huge price. Now, why did I mention TBHQ and propylene glycol? Getting back to uh, Time Bomb and the, uh, the idea that the FDA is regulating or that some benevolent arm of the government is, these are, it's, not that the, it's not that the FDA has failed to eliminate these ingredients, Richard. It's, it's simpler than that. It's that the FDA recognizes these ingredients as safe. There's a label called GRASS. It's called Generally Recognized as Safe. And so this and a hundred other ingredients we don't have time to talk about tonight that are killing our pets, the FDA recognizes as safe. They say that the exposures are not great enough to cause any real health hazards, and you and I both know that scientifically with all the evidence that that's not real, uh, that's a very convenient position to take, but we are destroying our animals with it. Now, down to about what I'm guessing is two minutes. Let me give you a couple of tricks and techniques on the label so that if you're listening to this broadcast later and you wanted to know at least one thing you can do to avoid these. When you flip a bag over and you're looking at a pet food, check the label and make sure it does not contain anything called byproducts or an unidentified meat source. Make sure it uh, specifies a meat type like chicken or beef and then doesn't say beef byproduct, chicken byproduct. You can also select a food that's not primarily made of things like corn and grains. Okay. Uh, when you find a company you feel good about, this is another thing I always do. There are resources online um, like uh, – well, I won't give a specific website, but go, you can Google to see if these companies are associated with any recalls. You'll, you'll type in XYZ company and you'll see, you'll see right away if there's uh, you know, a half dozen lawsuits and a half dozen recalls for things like E. coli, salmonella. Right. Another thing you can do to help a lot is go to a smaller, more boutique-style pet shop. When you're when you're uh, shopping, I find that the the smaller family owned, maybe you spend a little bit more, but not really when you're not going to the vet anymore. Uh, those kinds of people tend to know a lot more than the big box chain stores with the uh, the younger, uh, less seasoned. We have about uh, a minute, Joe. Do you have a dog? Okay. I do. What do you feed him? Or her? Well, I I I I'll tell you what, Richard. This is an exclusive just for you, man. I will I will do what I've never done before on air and I will I will call out by brand at the time of this recording knowing that in 5 years from now maybe the company's no good anymore but at the time of these tapes uh at the time of the taping there are two brands that I do very much recommend they're both out of Canada I've never done this before Akena and okay. Origin it's spelled uh with a j o r i j e n those if you're going to buy a pre-made and I don't care if it's cans, I don't care if it's dry, kibble, whatever. Uh, there's also a brand called Zignature. It's just like Signature with a Z. That's another very good one. Uh, there's a whole bunch of kind of mid-card foods. But if I had to just pick one, those, and then on a super-duper-duper-duper budget, uh, um, Nutrisource is a family-owned company okay. that I've been very impressed with over the good years. Good stuff. Nutrisource. We've got to run, Joe. This has been phenomenal. We'll have you back on. Thank you so much for this. Joe Horn, 
Time bomb, a genocide of deadly processed foods, and dead pets don't lie. All right, back next week with a brand new program. Investigative journalist, lawyer Sarah Whalen on the assassination of Princess Diana. Don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.